0: So a personal loss becomes a way of connecting with the scripture.
1: This is Chapter, Verse, and Season, a lectionary podcast from Yale Bible Study. Join us each week as two Yale Divinity School professors look together at an upcoming text from the Revised Common Lectionary. This episode, we have Peter Hawkins, Professor Emeritus of Religion and Literature, and Senior Lector Eric Raymond. They're discussing Lamentations chapter 1, verses 1 through 6, read for you by Mike McElintal, liturgical minister and chapel communications manager of Marquan Chapel here at Yale Divinity School, and they also discuss Lamentations chapter 3, verses 19 through 26, read by me. The texts are appointed for track 1 of the 17th Sunday after Pentecost, proper 22, in year C.
2: Lamentations, chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. How lonely sits the city that was once full of people! How, like a widow, she has become, she that was great among the nations! She that was a princess among the provinces has become subject to forced labor. She weeps bitterly in the night, with tears on her cheeks— Among all her lovers, she has no one to comfort her. All her friends have dealt treacherously with her. They have become her enemies. Judah has gone into exile with suffering and hard servitude. She lives now among the nations. She finds no resting place. Her pursuers have all overtaken her in the midst of her distress. The roads to Zion mourn for no one comes to the festivals. All her gates are desolate, her priests groan, her young girls grieve, and her lot is bitter. Her foes have become the masters, her enemies prosper because the Lord has made her suffer for the multitude of her transgressions. Her children have gone away, captives before the foe. From daughter Zion has departed all her majesty, Her princes have become like stags that find no pasture. They fled without strength before the pursuer.
1: Lamentations, chapter 3, verses 19 through 26. The thought of my affliction and my homelessness is wormwood and gall. My soul continually thinks of it and is bowed down within me but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul that seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly, for the salvation of the lord
0: so eric there's so much to lament in this first passage there's a kind of then and a now then it was great now it's not so what's what happened now what's what's the the event that occasions this poem well the the book of lamentations is
3: a meditation on the destruction of Jerusalem in around 586 by the Babylonians and the resulting exile uh, that left many of the nobility and people of Jerusalem in Babylon. The event is characterized as this very traumatic event, obviously, and the way that it's expressed in the text is interesting because on the on the surface of the, the text, there are rather complicated lexical forms and morphological forms that make the reading of the text somewhat more difficult than an ordinary prose uh, account of the event. And that has the effect of slowing down the reading of the text, and I think encouraging a a meditative mood over this. Yeah, you wouldn't want to rush a
0: lament. Right. It's meant to take its time. Right. uh, And what about the choice of, here here it's the fall of Jerusalem, 586, um, described as a woman. Right. And I wonder if you could say something about
3: that. Well, the characterization of the city as a woman is in part reflective of a common Semitic idiom to represent cities as female, and it reflects in part the fact that the word for city is of the feminine gender. It's gendered as feminine. There's several different words for city, and all of them are feminine. This characterization of and lamenting of a city is also found in Mesopotamian literature. And so there is a connection with this biblical poetry and with earlier poetry from the Babylonian
2: region.
0: She used to be populous. She used to be beautiful. She used to be a monarch. And now she's what? She's been... Uh, betrayed, she's been deserted, she's been defamed. Mm -hmm. There's a kind of wreckage here. And I wonder if there there are any of the metaphors that you would want to highlight for us uh, in particular.
3: Well, for me, the the interesting uh, idea is this reversal of the natural order of things, right? So her friends have become uh, her enemies and you know, everything has has shifted and reversed and diametrically opposite to what it should be, or what we would have expected it to be. Uh, the 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 royalty has become the slave labor, and this kind of uh, reversal I think is uh, emblematic of the catastrophe that is taking place. And people have been removed from their homes and have. Been totally uprooted from all of their traditions and what they're familiar with.
0: I wonder if you'd read the first verse in Hebrew, just to give a sense of what the text sounds like in its its own language. Right. So the first the first uh, part of the first verse
3: reads, Yashavah v'adad ha'ir rabati am hayata ke almanah rabati vagoim and the uh, repetition of the word rabati is curious because it's accented and it has a funny irregular kind of ending that uh, throws into relief the the words the word itself a great one and and like I said, slows down the reading of the text so that the, the reader can, you know, meditate on the words, I think. Mm.
0: In Dante's Vita Nova, uh, the moment when Beatrice, his beloved, dies, there's a text in Latin, in the Italian, otherwise of the Vita, which is the opening line of the Lamentations. Mm. So a personal loss becomes a way of connecting with the scripture. And I wonder if that's part of the power of the Lamentations of Jeremiah as a whole. Yeah, I
3: I think so. And you can see that in some of the uh, ancient Hebrew versions of the Lamentations. In the Dead Sea Scrolls, they have a copy of the Lamentations. And in some verses, I don't know that it's in this exact section, but in some of the verses where you would have talk about an, uh, an us... It's put into the first person, and it's it seems more, by the scribe who was copying it at least, it was felt on a personal level, it seems, the transformation of what was
0: more um, impersonal to something that was first
3: person. Yeah,
0: and I, I notice here in the lectionary we move from uh, the devastation of Jerusalem, remembering how wonderful ago was and how terrible now is, and we begin in chapter three with that same sense of wormwood and gall. But then there's a shift. Right. It doesn't seem, to my reading, to be motivated. We go from devastation to hope, to a notion of God's steadfast love. Mm-hmm. And then these lines that are familiar to people through a hymn Great is thy faithfulness. His mercies never come to an end, they are new. Every morning, or in the hymn, morning by morning, new mercies I see. So this kind of redemptive celebration of God, who seems to have been absent <laughs> in the first part of the lamentation, so I wonder if you could say something about that—the kind of f- stark transition without motivation. Right. So
3: it seems. It seems in in some of the psalms you see a similar reversal. In the connection between the first passage from chapter 1 and this passage from chapter 3, the second passage, you see a a linkage in some of the vocabulary that's used. So the the root zahar, to remember, is repeated. The words for affliction and these uh, words get repeated in the first verses from chapter 3 that we're looking at. And Peter, you were asking about the verses 22, I guess, through 24, is this correct? hmm The way that it's expressed in Hebrew in, in verse 22, chasdei Adonai, the uh, acts of piety of the Lord, the word derives from, is the plural form, really, of the word chesed which has many different translations, including piety and loving-kindness. But oftentimes in the plural, as it is here, has to do with not only the, the concept of loving-kindness and piety, but also acts that are done that represent that, that uh, idea.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued by our being told that it's good that one should wait quietly for the mm-hmm. salvation of the Lord, like sit down shut up and hope uh, but that, right. but i have a sense that it's a lot more than that right i my feeling is is that it's it's not
3: a, a sense of passively waiting but a sense of experiencing patience and in line with what we were saying before about meditating on the on the destruction and on the turmoil and the devastation That there should be a a kind of pause and a patience, uh, an experience of not passively waiting, but almost like an active waiting.
1: Thanks for listening. And thank you, Professors Hawkins and Raymond, for your insights into the Book of Lamentations. For a transcript of this episode and lots more Bible study resources, visit YaleBibleStudy.org and follow us on Twitter at Bible Yale. Chapter, Verse, and Season is a production of the Center for Continuing Education at Yale Divinity School. It's produced by creator and managing editor Joel Baden, production manager Kelly Morrissey, associate producer Aiden Stoddart, and I'm your host and executive producer, Helena Martin. Our theme music is by Calvin Linderman. We'll be back with another conversation from Chapter, Verse, and Season.